um, our uh, the the church's calendar throughout uh, the the uh, centuries has been to have 12 days um, to celebrate Christmas. So those of you that um, forgot that and you think, oh, I'm late with my Christmas cards or Christmas shopping or Christmas baking. Hey, you got five more days. Um, go ahead. That may be the, the best news you've heard um, uh, today is, is that you've, you've got five more days of, of Christmas. And it is uh, interesting. It's a little sidelight. Uh, just this is free. No charge for this. You know, but just to consider how different cultures celebrate um, Christmas, you know, that some give gifts, you know, on St. Nick's Day, you know, which is early in December. Uh, some most uh, here probably did it on Christmas Day or close by. And then uh, a number of other folks around the world, they, they give gifts on Epiphany, on the 12th day of Christmas. That, that, that's re- re- remembering the wise men bringing gifts um, to Jesus. Just another way that, uh, um, uh, that the church is so diverse and its ways of celebrating the same thing. That um, at Christmas, God becomes human in order to rescue us from sin. In order to rescue us from judgment. In order to rescue us from death. A variety of ways, but we all at Christmas come and celebrate that God is with us and walks with us Every day. I mean, in, in a way, the New Year's, as we turn the corner into 2017, have this notion of a new year. In, in, in Christ, every day is a new day. You know, in, in, in Christ, we could play that video every morning. You know, that it is a new day this morning because of the power of the cross and the grace of Jesus uh, I think it was, it was Luther who used to say there are really only two days that are important. Today and that day. <laughs> today and that day when we see him face to face. And so th- this day we live in light of that day to come. And we can do it in his grace and truth knowing that it's made new in him. No matter, no matter what may have happened ten hours ago. No matter which, if you were up, that was when the ball dropped, you know, and crazy things can happen. Maybe none of those folks are here today. <laughs> or they'll, 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 you can tell them that when they stumble in later. Just say, hey, today's a new day in Jesus, okay? But no matter what, in Christ, today is a new day. So at this, but at this time, when, when everyone's talking about New Year's, a good time to stop and reflect and to think, okay, how has, has God been leading me in the last year? And how do we look forward to how God will lead us into truth? How's He going to lead us into truth um, this next year? And that's really what we're going to look at um, today. Where is God calling you? Where is Jesus leading you this year? So go ahead now and be, you know, let that question be simmering in your mind and in your soul. Where is Jesus leading us? Where is Jesus leading you this year? And I thought a great place to go at this time of beginnings is the beginning of the church back in Acts chapter 2. 
Um, and uh, it's on the page uh, 886 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. And just to set the scene, we're going to pick it up at verse 37 of chapter 2. And Peter has just preached the, the, the great sermon of the faith, the first sermon. And, and he has laid down the, 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 the events of Jesus, that he is Savior and Lord, that he has saved us from sin and death. He is, he is conquered. He's victorious over death. So now in him we are forgiven. And he is Lord. He's now going to lead us in truth. Just as, as John had said, that he comes in grace and truth. Now Peter has presented that to, the, to all that are gathered. This is right after Pentecost, right after the Holy Spirit has come upon the church. And he preaches his, his sermon. And then this is the response of the church, of the people who are gathered there. Acts 2, starting with verse 37. Let's, uh, let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your word. Um, We give you thanks that in you every day is new and that you are faithful, you are true. Now, um, lead us and guide us in this time. Um, uh, Awaken our hearts and our souls to hear from you and to walk with you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so Peter's just preached, and then verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? That's always a response when we hear God's word. Every time that we gather, it is, God, what are you telling me, and what are you telling me to do about it? You know, what are you telling me and what are you telling me about? That, that is always our response to God's word, as we'll talk about a little later. It, it, is, it is never enough just to hear it and to know it. Matter of fact, Jesus in, in Matthew, um, Matthew 7 says those are the people that are fools that just hear it. It's the wise people that hear it and do it. All right, and so, that, so they ask, you know, what should we do? So Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, so repent is, it, it, it means to change direction, you know, to change your mind. What it, it means is that the folks that are there, they're hearing Peter, they've been walking in this direction, they've been living for something. For themselves, for their families, for Rome, just to survive, just to, for fame or fortune or whatever it is. They've been living for something. This is the direction that they're going. And now what Peter is saying, you need to repent. You need to change direction and you need to be living for Jesus now. He's the one that you live for. That's what it means to repent, to, to turn around. Because you've been freed now. You've been freed from sin. You've been forgiven for your sin. You can now turn around and walk with God in life today and every day. I mean, again, that's the Christmas message. God is with us because Jesus has made that possible through his life and through his death. And and when that happens, that's a sign of the Holy Spirit within you. The Holy Spirit now fills you. You're now empowered with the very presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Anyone who is in Jesus can now walk with Him. All right. Uh, Then verse uh, 39. 
For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And, and, so, and he wants to make it clear that this is not just an individual kind of thing. You know, it's not just each, a bunch of individuals living for Jesus. You're now called to be a part. We're part of a family. It's, it's for you, and it's, and it's for your children, and it's for folks who are far away. Um, from him. It's for any and all already setting the trajectory, making it clear that this good news is global. It's not, it, it's not tribal. It's not just for this particular tribe. It is for the whole world. Already setting in place that the church is to be multicultural and multi-ethnic. It, because, and, and Paul does the same thing in Ephesians 2, uses this same language for those who are far away. Meaning not just the Israelites, not just the people of our tribe, but of the whole world. So it's a, it's a team game here. You know, this is a group project. It's not one that's just for the individual. And that it's a gift, it's, it's a call of God upon us. Each one of us are here and following Jesus because God initiated and made that call. And made that change in our very heart and soul even to hear Him and receive Him and repent. It is a gift that is from God. Alright, so then verse, verse 40. And He testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Now, just, just to tell you that this journey is not easy. It's, it's not um, a nice little downhill glide when you repent. You know, it, it is a journey that is a climb, that is a challenge. Now, it's filled with joy. It's filled with truth. It, it's filled with life. But it, it's, you're, you're going to be in the minority. It, it's not the way of the world to go this way. You know, it's going against the mainstream. You know, we're swimming against the main stream. And, and he wants to know. It, it's a crooked generation, he says. Interesting. The word there is the word where we get scoliosis from. If you have scoliosis of the spine, that's uh, what, what he's saying. You know, it, it is, it's a messed up society and world that's around us. And, but we're called to a different way. And so, but it is a, a challenge to live that in our everyday lives. That's what he calls us to. All right, then verse uh, 41. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to look at that last section there. All right, so we, we see how it's set up and who the church is to be a community called by God, freed by the, 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 the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, filled with His Spirit to now be transformed to live according to Jesus' character. We are to be the body of Christ. So we're called by God. We're filled by His Spirit in order to be transformed into the character of Jesus. 
And for that to happen, for that then to be our journey together, we're given the key in that last verse. This is what they devoted themselves to. Now, key word there is devoted. You know, it's not something they sort of, you know, gave a little extra time to when it was available. It wasn't something that they, they, they did when, you know, the, the time was right and they, they, you know, were able to fit it in. It, it became what they were devoted to, committed to. And so for us, as we look back over last year and look forward to next year, um, want to be asking the question, how is God calling us, especially as we look into next year, how is he calling us to be devoted to these things? How, how is he calling us to be committed? What, what's he saying um, to you about your commitment to the apostles' teachings, to, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, what's, and, and to, to prayers? What's he, what's he saying to you? That, again, that's the question before us. Now... Since I knew it was New Year's Day, and some of you might have been up a little late, we've got a little activity for us as we walk through this. Britt, get out your, you know, you, this, this is the extent of my artistic ability. Um, uh, so now you can have fun with it with however you might want. But um, what, uh, through in, in some, uh, some things that we're doing within uh, um, the denomination around discipleship and following Jesus, um, uh, given this an acronym of RISE, R-I-S-E, RISE, and, and have taken some liberty with these four things that the early church was committed to, that we're called to be committed to, and given them a, a maybe updated language, at least a little bit, at least a little more general language. The first one is relational, okay, that we engage with other people. We're devoted to being in relationship with other people um, because, for the cause of Christ. Um, and that's where fellowship comes in. You know, fellowship relates to being relational. It, again, it's a team game. It's a group project. We have to be in relation. Oh, and some of y'all are getting this already. Yes, you can write relational right there in that corner and engaging with other people. But leave a little room um, outside of that. Um, uh, to maybe put in some uh, your other notes and maybe how God's calling you this year to be relational. It could be that to be relational with those that are in the church in terms of iron sharpening iron, in terms of somebody helping to pour into your life maybe and, and help you and challenge you. Or maybe it's somebody um, younger in the faith than you that God's calling you to pour into them. Or it may be folks outside the church that don't know Christ and God's calling you to be in relationship um, with them. How is it as you look into this new year that God is laying on your heart being committed to fellowship, being committed to relationships in in Christ? Um, a couple options for you as you um, look into, just look into next week. Um, we, we have a number of things that provide for this. Uh, one is uh, the, the women's and men's ministry, Woven and Ignite. They're, they're designed to be developing relationships with um, one another. Um, in Christ, helping for other folks to pour into you and you to pour into them. 
Um, another, and all this is in uh, your, your hot off the press, another is the multi-ethnic conversations. Ways, that, uh, whether it's in Sunday morning that starts next Sunday, or Monday night, where we're engaging with one another, breaking down those barriers that the cross has already destroyed, and living into being united in Christ, Um, uh, whether it's um, race or economics, um, great opportunities to do do that very thing, to develop relationships across worldly barriers. Uh, Sunday morning, during Sunday school, or Monday night. And then with Monday nights, even an added um, bonus because we have folks from the community, some who are really interested in breaking down these barriers, but they don't know Jesus yet. So it's great opportunities to engage with them. So great opportunities there. And again, it's right before you in in this uh, winter that uh, if God's calling you to that, the opportunity is, is right there. All right, the the second one, the I, is instructional, where we engage with the truth. We we engage particularly, as as, uh, we're told in Acts, the apostles' teaching. We're we're engaging particularly with the scriptures. And and we're we're seeing and, and hearing what is true, what is God telling us is real. Because what... Um, the, the, in, in the ways of the world, there, there's some good stuff and there, there's, a, there's a, a lot of stuff that isn't good. There, there's stuff that's true and there's stuff that's false. The, the great thing about reading the words of Jesus, of reading the scriptures, is it's all true. It's all good. It's all that leads to life. And, and so maybe God is, is calling you to, to your commitment to engaging with the truth, engaging with um, the scriptures um, and not just not just knowing, as we already talked about, but also doing. What what might that be for you? Um, and, and again, you you see in uh, information in the Hall of the Press a number of different uh, Bible classes in Peter, in the Beatitudes, the Prayer of Jabez. There, there's Bible study on Tuesday morning um, here. There and other opportunities that uh, abound. But again, they're, they're right there opportunities to engage in what we know to be truth. One of the core commitments for the church, instructional. Then third is the S is spiritual, and that's being committed to prayers, that we engage with God. Maybe God is is calling you this year to to engage with Him in a a new, in a a deeper way, Um, whether it's through time of prayer, through time of worship, um, through, through time of spiritual disciplines like fasting or silence or those kind of things. How is God engaging you? How's how, how is God calling you this year to say, yeah, this is what I want to engage with God in life. Maybe that's his call for you this, this year. Um, and again, one of the great options that's before us is sacred marriage. A great class that really tries to engage um, with God in the context of your marriage. Again, that starts next Sunday. One of the offerings um, that uh, we'll be uh, providing for us, for those that are calling, really sensing that call um, to engaging with God in particular um, in, in your marriage. But maybe there are other avenues as well. It's not like um, 
you know, you, you aren't going to engage with God if you go to the First Peter class. You know, or, or you're going to engage with God if you go to Woven or Ignite or the um, multi-ethnic conversations. That might be for, for you what he's calling you to do, to really engage with him. And then, then finally, the E is experiential. The, the breaking of bread, we're told, that the church was committed to. Uh, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. And, you know, breaking of bread is something that happens all the time. Everybody does that, right? Everybody eats. Everybody eats, eats meals. But the church invited God into the meal in a unique way. And so the experiential is how we engage, we invite God into real life situations in our own lives. And it, whatever it might be, uh, it just whether at work, at home, um, in, uh, in the community, um, maybe it's uh, issues of, of life that are around you, you invite God. There's some experience that, that God's saying, you need to invite me into that and I need to walk with you. And whatever that experience in your real life might be, some everyday occurrence that you intentionally bring before God. And, you know, a great class that does that is, is bringing God. God may be saying, you know, we've been through the regeneration, you know, the, the um, capital campaign. And, and that has led you to realize, you know, that your finances need help. You need, you need some guidance. You need some, some direction. You need to invite God into the bank account. You know, into the credit card statement, um, into, the, into the checkbook. You need to invite God into that. Well, Financial Peace University is a fantastic opportunity to experience God in everyday life, inviting Him into that, that part of life. So this is rise. Relational, instructional, spiritual, and experiential. Engaging um, with other people, engaging with the truth, engaging with God, engaging uh, with real life situations as we are following after Jesus. As we head to communion just a little bit, the call is for each to sit with this and hear God's call upon you as you reflect over last year as you look to this year which where is God calling you to really focus in, in which of those areas or maybe there might be one particular um, uh, uh, goal in each of those areas and, and and then what you can do is you can rise with your rise okay uh, yeah you, uh, like for example let's say I uh, experiential what I want to do, I want to invite God into conversations so that I'll be bold to speak His name. To speak His truth. You know, I want to be bold in that. So then, that, that comes out of that. The experience of God, I want you to be, well now let me rise with my rise. Alright, what's a relational goal that I could have um, with uh, being bold? You got that? Yeah, there, thank you. I can ask two people to speak into my life about boldness. Two people that I know and trust that will be honest um, with me, um, uh, who are in other conversations with me to say, you know, here, you, there you were bold and 
there you weren't. Yeah, ask two people that they can be praying for me and engaging with me around. That's an example. It's an example of a relational goal. Your goal may be something totally different. But how do you engage other people around that particular goal? And then instructional. Uh, I could read a great book by Dan Allender, if this happens to be your book, called Bold Love. And I can read the book of Acts and really look at how the church was bold. Because what we see is in the few chapters after this, things got really hard for the church. And the powerful thing about the church is, is they were being imprisoned and threatened. They didn't pray for protection. They didn't pray for provision. They prayed in Acts chapter 5 for boldness. That they would continue to be bold even in the face of such opposition. So that's the instructional. The spiritual. I could ask God just in prayer. God, give me Jesus' boldness. And, and say, I'm going to memorize three passages about in the next three months about boldness. Again, specific spiritual goals of walking with God, praying and memorizing His Word. And then finally, experientially, just in conversation, I'll speak about what Jesus teaches me. You know, what's, what is Jesus teaching me in the moment? Again, not being um, a bold jerk, but being bold biblically. In just natural ways of experience, how is Je- what is Jesus teaching me about things and how does it relate to the conversation right now? And I'll be attentive to that and prayerful for that. So again, just an example of how during this year we can be about what the early church was about, what they were committed to. The apostles' teaching prayers, breaking of bread, and fellowship. Relational, instructional, spiritual, experiential. Inviting people, inviting the truth, inviting God into my everyday life. What is it for you? What, what is it for you that maybe you're sensing it right now? This is something that God's calling, or maybe something you need to sit with over the course of a little bit of time. Maybe worth taking 15, 20, 30 minutes to really sit with this as you look into 2017, saying, I want to be devoted to the things that the church was devoted to. So help me, Lord, be devoted to what will empower me to live in the power of the Spirit and will walk and grow in me the character of Jesus. Will, will help us to do the same. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for um, uh, your truth. Um, we, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Uh, we thank you for, for Jesus. We thank you for your call that has rescued us. And, and we ask today, as, as we take this first step in the 2017, that we would rise in the power of your Spirit for your glory. Speak to us. Speak to each one of us individually. Speak to us as a, as a church. What, what are the ways that, that you're laying before us steps in, in relationships and steps in, in terms of engaging with your truth, ways of 
engaging with you intimately and making it apply in our real everyday lives. We know it's not a matter of us being strong or powerful, but it's about your power at work in us. So we offer ourselves. We offer ourselves to you. That you would speak to us, you would guide us, you would strengthen us together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.